Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. This episode features the enigmatic trio Cha. What is Cha? For starters, it's three women, Carol J. Levin, Heather Bentley, and Amelia Love Clearheart. All are active in Seattle's experimental music scene. Carol plays electric harp. Heather plays electric viola. And Amelia adds spoken word and voice as instrument. Adding an array of electronic effects and percussion, they build a lush sonic footprint that defies easy description. The first thing to note about Cha is that the trio's music is entirely improvised in a stream of consciousness. No arrangements, agreed themes, or set lists. And no two pieces are alike. The performers actually have no idea what will happen when they start a set. Unlike most improvisers, however, Cha's members have classical training. They've made the very rare crossover to the world of unscripted, unregulated self-expression. While it may be unbound, Cha's music is surprisingly tight, accessible, and almost familiar sounding. Classical influences are clear but Cha also draws from world music and jazz and the many experiences of day-to-day life, be they natural, man-made, interpersonal, or personal. This all emerges in the moment, and that's exactly what happened in the recording of Cha's first album, Remembering Backward, newly released on Right Brain Records. It's a sample of collective creativity in action. I caught up with Carol, Heather, and Amelia to get their thoughts on music and all things related. Let's hear what they had to say. happy accident of finding each other. Cha is Carol Heather Amelia. Mm -hmm. C-H-A. It's an acronym. (laughs) And a sound. And a T. (laughs) And And a a a call out. Uh Cha! (laughs) (laughs) And a dance move if you add one or two more. Cha, cha, cha. Cha, cha, cha. It starts a lot of things, actually. Just as as a sound, it's what Cha is as music and a project at first feels like an unanswerable question because we usually have no idea what is going to happen when we meet one another. We are a totally improvisational yeah. trio. We make no plans. We find our music in the moment. We do a lot of heavy listening to each other. And we as our as our album title given to us by our friend Jim Knodel, I think we literally do remember backwards. 
somewhere out there in our future is the memory of what we're going to play today. <laughs> I love that so much. We must have something that would be equivalent to the ability to breathe together or... That's called inspiration. You or, can call it inspiration. Or conspiracy. Anything with spirit, <laughs> you can call them those, all of those things for sure. We, can, we spiral in, we spiral out. But anything where there is no plan, but there is something that's happening collectively without effort, for me becomes a place where everything can, much can be born. And uh, I feel like what we are is a source for sound to come through and emotions to be heard and seen and felt and sensations and journeys to be relayed. And we aren't, I mean, probably maybe individually, we come in from different places in our lives and we might have certain things on our mind. Mostly, I think we have certain sensations with us when we come together. We tend to share enough about those things with one another that we're like, okay, these are our, this is the ingredients today. Maybe there's that much that we know. There's this much joy over there. There's this much contemplation over there. There's this much fatigue or whatever the things are we bring together. And then we allow all those energies to alchemize naturally. this way like a brand new day not knowing where we're going just showing up and going with the flow it's okay to start this way feet on the ground lots of sound coming around here we go it's okay to start this way not knowing where you're going I mean really is there any other way it's okay to start this way Having no idea about the day. Following inspiration through to the likes of you. To me, it's this opportunity to act and focus. I really love to play improvised music with the two of you and with other people too, but um, we're talking about Cha right now. And I feel like I can just interrogate this moment right now and put the thing that belongs there. It's really hard for me to label the source of my music and my improvisational work. I mean, I was trained as a child uh, in classical music. A combination of things had me not playing music for 20 years. And when I returned to the harp, I tried to learn a little bit about jazz because I was heavily influenced by my son who was growing up into being a fine jazz musician. And I, I put my toe into that and tried to learn the theory and things about 
chord structure and stuff. And then I, I had a big adventure when I went to Amsterdam to an improviser's workshop. And that, my life really changed because then to me, it became not about theory, not about um, knowing, but about experimenting and finding. The harp is such a, a not perfectly chromatic instrument. So I can't rely on a key structure. Um, I can experiment with one, but if somebody else is going from major to minor, I just have to wiggle around until I find a way to interlock with that. And sometimes I do it without respect to harmony um, and just my hands go somewhere on the instrument and find something that fits with what you guys are doing. Um, and that's the joy of it for me, the the real spontaneity. And um, I love like all the weird effects and all the electronic pedals and just having that huge variety of colors to play with and and find a way to blend. I can say words like Bjork, Faith No More, heavy metal, Brazilian music, Sergio Mendes, Antonio Carlos Jobim, Portuguese. I can those are the words that come to mind when I think about all of the places my mouth has been practicing, all of the, the things I have said because the way I work I'm using a lot of um, syllables and a lot of rhythmic syllables and not always in understandable language. And what, sometimes I very much recognize Bjork. And it surprises me. I'm a, I'm a big Bjork fan, but I me too. don't ever try to... I never think about her when I'm doing music until I hear myself. And that's because I enjoyed so much her music that those are places my voice has been many times. Faith No More... Uh, Mike, Mike Patton is a vocalist who's the lead singer of a lot of very interesting kind of rock-centered, funk-centered, like deep beat, bassy, hip-hoppy almost bands. And he is a wailer. And that's the other word that comes through is wailing. I mostly feel the history of wailers within tribes, you know, um, moaning, animal, a lot of animal expression. Um, and I feel a lot of the sounds of earth. If earth had a voice, I feel a lot of the sounds of earth. But there are definitely, I mean, I've listened to Brazilian music, jazz, hip hop, funk since I was five, since I could hear music, all of those things. And then I studied jazz and didn't enjoy myself in it because there wasn't a place for that earth voice. So I think all those inspirations, who else? Uh, Ella Fitzgerald was the first, voc was the vocalist who made me want to become a vocalist. For sure. I listened to her and um, Louis Armstrong play Dream a Little Dream of Me on a 45 that my Danish host parents gave me back in 93. And they said I could listen to it as much as I wanted on their album, on their record player. And that's all I did. And I just sang it over and over and over again. And by the time I got back to the United States, I wanted to go to school for music. You know, I'm a viola player. I played the cello before I played the viola. But then I couldn't haul my cello around because it was just like my mom was a single mom and she had to go to work and stuff. So um, I switched to the viola because uh, it was like a mini cello, right? And I could carry it. <laughs> like I rode around with on my bike with my viola on my back. Like I grew up playing in orchestras, 
there is this thing called synesthesia, which I think everybody by now is familiar with, but um, people talk about various composers who have synesthesia where they might see a certain kind of like color associated with a sound, or it's very, very distinct. And um, I actually believe that everybody walking on this planet has synesthesia because the idea that your senses are separate from each other is just stupid. Like, <laughs> if you're walking down the street, you are feeling the sidewalk or the dirt or whatever, you know, under your feet, you are feeling the air on your face. For me, the synesthesia is like sound and texture and like density. So when I talk about what are my influences, well, it's whoever I was ever playing. So like when I was growing up, I was playing a lot of Bach. And so from Bach is like, I understand harmonic progression from a tactile experience, a texture, a density. Um, then fast forwarding toward like, you know, going through a lot of things. I was playing Bartok string quartets, and that is like very, that's like heavy metal <laughs> in, you know, in, in this like huge chords that like, there's so much reverberance and intensity to it um, that no just goes all the way through your body. Then fast forward some more to playing things like Xenakis, who was an incredibly like visceral composer and stuff. And then I went through this phase of actually trying to learn jazz, like you were both commenting about and finding it a little bit of an alienating experience because of the heavy focus on music theory and like getting the changes like hitting the changes and that that took me out of this sort of like textural thing so I just also now my final fast forward is I just want to say my influences are the Seattle improvising community as a whole because I felt welcomed as a middle-aged lady going to jam sessions that were populated by young men primarily who were so warm and accepting and would invite me to come and play on some gig or be on some recording or do some concert and I just learned everything from all of them and now I'm saying music goes to you and it's a beautiful thing. How I went from being classically trained to Improvising in the moment was, well, it's just, first of all, there starts with the dissatisfaction because the classical music profession is not a really great, um, like, avatar for the music that is classical music. The music that is classical music is just out of this world, fantastic, like, next level shit, you know, like, like the imagination of all of this great composers that we all know the names of. Anyone you can think of, they were just like on some cosmic trip and then like writing down this music, the stuff that survived. They were improvising. Well, or they... To begin with. Well, to begin with, yes, but this whole imaginative sphere, but then you get into the profession and I question whether being an instrumentalist was creative at all. You know, I have many friends in symphonies and classical musicians, and they're terrified of improvising. It's scary to them not to have the map in front of them.
statement real quick because I'm a classically trained dancer since the time I was five until I left where I was trained at Cornish College and began to dance and then later to teach and as a classically trained dancer I was mortified of improvisation as a, as a movement artist and the dissatisfaction that Heather mentioned came because of kind of maybe related to what I said earlier there being the, the voice of inspiration is cannot be bound by theory or, um, or any kind of uh, measurement. And there's so much measurement in, train, in any kind of training, really, but particularly classical training. Those measurements are so precise. Ballet is so precise. Classical music is so precise. And as I felt the healing of art become paramount and essential in my life, keeping it small and bound and tight was excruciating. It was like, I need to find something. The love of God would be how I would put it, is welcome and no one can say no to it and it can't be wrong and I can also heal and share that. That was the transition for me from classical to improv, even though it was in movement and not in art. relate to us a lot that things sound pre-composed and we get asked the question a lot how do we create these things that sound like we worked on them and they were intended to be that way and uh, we find a hard time answering that question at times but the word that's coming to mind right now is trust the very first word is trust in the self as the artist who is willing to be vulnerable and present trust in the persons who are going to observe and listen and share in that with us and then trust in what they're gonna bring Right? Because I enjoy what Heather and Carol put forward. I trust that I'm going to want to dive into that. And I take all the layers of self and personhood off and 
want to go in as just core and have an immersive experience with these other two persons who are also showing up just free. Um, so for me, trust is a big part of why, and it's not just trust of each other, it's trust of what informs the music at, at, at what I would call a level of source. I want to talk about one other challenge, which is a, a big one for me and maybe for each of you, is how much our work has become reliant in, on electronics and the effects that we use. And I, I know Heather and I grew up with acoustic instruments, and of course the voice is acoustic, um, and we all love percussion and introducing percussive elements into what we do. But moving from playing a harp that sat on my shoulder and that I felt that tactile experience of those vibrations to an electronic instrument where I'm hearing my music from an amplifier out there is a very different experience. And kind of evolving into having that happen um, emotionally and physically relying on a different experience of my own stuff. I, I don't know. Can you guys talk about that too? I no. think that that opens up compositional space in the mind mm -hmm. because you set, if it's using the example of an ostinato, which is just a repeating pattern, um, you no longer as a human are tasked with doing that until you get carpal tunnel syndrome, which is something that happens to viola players all the time. Because um, we are the utility instrument of the orchestra, right? Like just just like that. So if you can outsource that to your robot, then it's going on, and you know that that needs to be there because we do like to have in our music. A lot of times there is a kind of a drone or a repetitive element present on top of which variety occurs. So it opens up space for each of us to develop things further. Or maybe it opens up space to come up with a new idea. So instead of being kind of in this a, a cog kind of a mode where you actually physically have to execute something in order to have enough, enough texture to have created a musical landscape that feels rich and compelling. Actually, you know what? I do feel like Cha is a little orchestral. Like oh, yeah. we achieve a kind of orchestral textures and it's because of the electronics. That Agreed. we can layer and layer and that layer. Loop it's a delight. my life yeah. because I cannot just as a vocalist I don't I don't I'm not limited to saying I have words for this or I have a harmony for this, but I can say I got a beat, I got a bass line, I got a melody and I have words that want to float on top of that. And that's more what you hear in my solo music. But with us, when we, we play with doing that with each other, we all bring sometimes the equivalent of multiple musicians to yeah. our little trio. And I think that might be the experience people are having when they're listening. They're like, well, how can it be that there is so much so formed? And it's because we as individuals within our own little private compositional worlds, we, we make great songs ourselves. And our songs just happen to really integrate well with each other what it, as they come, you know? Yeah. That's how I hear it at least. Amelia was definitely talking about like this earth music mm -hmm. and I think that a drone really equates to like this um, fundamental thrumming 
of the earth mm -hmm. that's like the earth she is vibrating beneath and, our feet and, and our bodies if you have ever been in a, a really silent space like a isolation tank oh, or yeah, baby. anything like that you've got your blood flow you've got your heartbeat there's always rhythm and and a, a, a drone level of vibration going on totally well is it is it ohm that is the sound of the universe right i mean the drone comes from it's there's nothing more primal than the drone if if a tree falls and you don't hear it okay okay but if a you know if a planet goes supernova and there is anything that is alive within any kind of reasonable distance there's going to be all kinds of fluctuation in the vibrations that surround any other given object. So drones are happening all the time around us, whether we hear them or not. There are vibrations that are constant that we're interfacing with. And bringing them out as vocal sounds or as sensations is also part of sound therapy. And you know, this singing to your baby, this mm-hmm, that's just, here are your drones, here's the vibrations you need for the, your inner system, your actual system, physical, uh, physical body to relax and shift. So I just think drones are about healing. People finding the sounds that they that tune to the moment, whatever it may be. having thrown out any guidelines on listening with your need of the day with your heart of the moment with no expectations with a sense of freedom it's delightful to me that people really want to hear us and they're listening to this album their own experience is all all they can bring to it and our job is to play in the moment and and their job is to listen in the moment. Find what's meaningful, find what's enjoyable, find what triggers something. But that's it. There can't be a prescription. Because we haven't got one. I think there's also another element that why, 
why do we bother to play together? Like, I mean, we're obviously getting something with it. Um, Some but, joy. But we also play for people. Like, we don't get together and just jam. Right. Like, we just don't, we don't rehearse. We don't get together and be like, oh, this is just going to be the three of us. We're having our moment that we, we just need to be playing together in this room by ourselves. Mm -hmm. A big part of this is that there is an inclusivity to the environment in which we are existing that is taking into account a kind of calling, a calling to create sounds that are dignifying, healing, uh, amplifying, expanding this moment because this moment is important. This is a type of collective ritual that is actually inclusive of those people who are present because that is how our group was birthed mm -hmm. and how it exists in mm -hmm. Seattle, in the world. I feel it is an outgrowth of community of listeners and participants. Yeah, and hearing you say that, the words that came through for me were familially and home. Right, so if you're listening in a certain way, suddenly I heard listen familially, as if you're a part of the family from which the music is coming or for which the music is intended, as if that the person is a member, because I know that every time I sit in front of any audience, I'm not, I actually am playing for the audience because I, I feel these sounds and our sounds as nutritive and nourishing. In listening to Carol, Heather, and Amelia, I'm reminded that music can be much more about process than product. It's a process of creation and connection. Far from being a leadist art music, it's inclusive of anyone who comes along for the ride. Cha epitomizes what right brain music is all about. Amanaye, 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 Amana
mama Omoto emanana Komase emana Kiamati amanoe Komata epete Amata emoso Kiamasaki amandotoe Amandote emasaki amanana I'm really grateful that the album exists uh, because a lot of people who wouldn't otherwise be exposed might be exposed. These are the voices and music of Cha. Their first album, Remembering Backward, is available on Right Brain Records. You've been listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records.
you can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Farewell for now. Join us next time.